I'm Matt Gorley. I played the writer Briggs Hatton, who is hard into incest. And this is Shut Up Leonard. Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. With bag, bag, bag ups. I'm Irish sometimes. Bag ups. To, I can't. I, I think it's clear that I couldn't maintain that accent for even one word. What I'm trying to say is big ups to our old pal Alex Machina of Slackdry.com for our theme song. We we love him and he's a great American. Yep. What episode are we talking about today, Andrew? Well, this is the, uh, I mean, if, 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 uh, 15th? Use your words. Episode? We forgot to check, but that's my guess. I'm going to say you gonna you're check? wrong. I'm going to say it's the 17th episode. That sounds better. Is that correct? I'm going to check right now. I believe it's number 17. I be- no, it's 18. I think it's 18. I'm, my final guess is 18. I haven't looked yet. My final guess is 18. You said 17. It's 17. Shit, I should have stuck with 17. <laughs> it is 17. Now Didn't that even I'm work. Like- it's the 17th episode of season three, and it's called Basic, Basic Lupine Neurology. Now, should we explain that title for the folks at home who it might have gone over their head? I mean, I guess. You don't think it's a fun title? I think it's a fun title, I think, explaining it. We're treating these people like they're not true fans. What do we do on this podcast if not dissect the elements of the television comedy community? Lupine. Meaning wolf. Meaning wolf. Urology. Meaning... Penis. Meaning of the dick. Yeah. And of course, who created Law and Order but our old pal Wolf, Wolf Dick. Dick. <laughs> we both knew where we were going with that one. Of course, uh, his name is Dick Wolf. Law and Order is a um, an American and now British television <laughs> this series. Is the Wikipedia. Uh, which is... Now and former British... Didn't they cancel the British version? Well, it had Martha. It had Martha and it had Apollo from Battlestar well, Galactica. Can we talk about... You've, you've talked about this before. British TV shows, are they ever really canceled? Today's no. topic on Shut Up Leonard. No, they're not. British they, shows, you know, they, oh, they, they really canceled. Which I like. I like the British model where it's like they go away for a few years, they come back, they go away, they come back. It's yeah. whatever. I believe they did two or three seasons of British Law and Order, which I believe but was I just called Law and Order Tories or something. It's uh, called Law and Order UK. Excuse <laughs> you. <laughs> Can it be called Tories? <laughs> uh, I will say there is. I mean, there are different people. You know, we have this idea of, of British shows here in America that I think is very based on specific kinds of comedies that we get exported. Mm-hmm. But I do think they have shows that are, are kind of more traditionally, uh, more, more like what we would call the American, where they go and they're canceled and that's the end. Okay. Like, I think The Bill, The Bill was a show I would I would see online a lot when I was getting into British comedy, because The Bill, I think, was for a long time kind of the British equivalent of Law and Order, mm. in that, you know, every every act, every act American actor has, has done a Law and Order at some point. Yeah. Like, that's just a thing. Like, at, at, at some point coming some up. Some version of they Law and Order. They were some criminal yeah. or, or some, like, guy who was Prosecutor. unloading boxes being like, yeah, yeah I saw him go over that way two minutes ago, you know, whatever. The bill is like that. Like, you, you, you go on any British actor's IMDb page, there's a solid chance you'll see the bill. And then the bill is canceled, and to my knowledge, has not come back since then. Mm, okay. I, 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 think, I think the kind of the more mainstream shows in, in England are in that sense more like american situations okay 
Well, that all came from trying to explain who Dick Wolf is. Yep. <laughs> uh, he created Law and Order, which this episode of Community is parodying. Par. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sometimes, listen. What was that sound? <laughs> to our listeners who don't host their own podcasts. <laughs> Sometimes you can fail really, really early into a sentence. Sometimes you can start a sentence with the best intentions and then just instantly fail. Um, imagine sort of a, a, a race where you start your car and just immediately crash into the barrier. That is what you just witnessed right there. Uh, I'm not proud, but it does happen sometimes. And you just try to pick yourself up and move on. So, we're going to talk about uh, basically pineurology today, and I hope you'll join us on that journey. It's, it was written by Megan Gans. Megan Gans, the old Do we wanna Gans talk, lady herself. Talk a little bit. Are we mad at her? No, you're you keep you multiple times have suggested that we should be mad at her, and every single time I've said she's no. the architect of season four. Listen, she's the Gaius Baltar of season four to bring it back to Battlestar Galactica. She was in a tough place. She she had no other option. <laughs> and then she's moved on to Modern Family, of which all you places. you hates. But I'm here to tell you, it's not a bad show. Well, it, I think it's part. I mean, uh, Modern Family is part of the plague of of current TV that makes me not even want to watch the new Muppet Show. Why? Because it's one of those let's talk to the camera shows. Sure, but that's you know you. And even though I loved Parks and Rec, yeah. I think it succeeded in all the areas where it wasn't a talk to the camera show yeah. in such a way that when it became that, I wasn't like, oh, this is dumb. It's it just the style of the time. You can't, you can't. <laughs> it was the style at the time. Yeah, it's like tying an onion to your belt in the 30s. This was the style. This is the style at this time. It happens. Don't be mad at Modern Family. Ty Burrell's a great talent, an American treasure. Well, I mean, I agree with you now. And, um, and, and I, I, I don't think we should bear any ill will towards Megan Gans. Okay. I, I wish her the best. Okay. I, I, but I do enjoy keeping asking you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I keep forgetting. Who directed this episode? Was our, it Mr. Our Wait, favorite. Yeah. Our favorite? Say it. Rob Schraub. But who directed it, though? Oh, Rob. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, this guy who's doing the uh, the the Lego movie sequel. Well, he's do, uh, is he doing a sequel? I heard he's doing a sequel. What's, his, what's it to? Uh, to this film based on uh, kids' toys. Uh, who who are those fo- toys aimed at? Who are they for? Uh, these these toys. Well, it's not for under three because then they'll swallow them. Yeah, I'm done with this. Uh, what you, ladies uh, and gentlemen, what you just <laughs> witnessed was uh, my amateur attempt at what is known as shrubbing, a uh, fun I, activity that Rob Schraub likes to do on Twitter. To I was trying my to anti-shrub you. Yeah, I know. I know you were. <laughs> um, <clears throat> check out specifically Rob Schraub's interactions with Kumail Nanjiani for some great examples of shrubbing. Uh, I do enjoy uh, the the repartee that Schraub and Dan Harmon have. Oh, sure. They've been friends um, forever. Especially on, uh, I mean, I got that since, since from Harmon Town. Two, two young boys, two little boys wanting to be big boys. They want to be big boys, so they came to L.A. In the city of Milwaukee, which the Algonquin Indians called the good land. That's a Wayne's World reference from our old pal, Alice Cooper. Coming up at the top of the hour, we've got, we're going to keep on spinning the classic hits. Now here's Ozzy with... Night train. <laughs> it's harder to do radio patter than you think. <laughs> no, I know how hard it is. That was a little impressive. I'll give you that. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, we haven't even gotten to our goddamn notes yet. I'm feeling especially tangent ready today. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's, there's a man who lives in my brain. <laughs> and sometimes 
that man makes it his goal to disrupt any kind of uh, point I can make about community, and that he's 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 bringing his A game today. Let me just tell you that this is Rob Shop's first ep he directed. Yes, he he's gone on to do some great season five and six episodes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, including mm-hmm, uh, what GI Jeff, GI Jeff. Thank you. Uh, also, whatever the, uh, the the last paintball one in season six was called. Spies. Spies. Like paintball two. <laughs> Uncle Sally. Paint your ball gold. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> this is not that kind of show. Paint silver ball. Silver Z- balls. <clears throat> um, I don't know the rest of the song. What the hell is going on right now? We have lost so, control. The opening of this episode uh, was altered a little bit so it matches the Law and Order. Um, there's a little, little, uh, a fun little thing where they say there's two kinds of people, that two separate yet equally important types of people at Greendale Community College. There's the goofballs and the eggheads. Yes. They they describe what they are, but you you get it, goofballs and eggheads. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good times. Are we gonna do? Did we do an overview? I mean, I said it's the Law and Order parody. <laughs> a Is yam has been destroyed. A yam has been murdered, and it's up to the to the Greendale Seven to figure out who. Not had, even the Greendale Seven. It's just like four of them. It's up to them to figure out who has done it. Who done it? As Scott Ackerman would say, it's a classic. Who has done it? On an episode of Com Unity. Yes. Com and Unity. We've got to we've got to work together to find commonality if we're going to get through this episode of Shut Good. Up, Leonard. Maybe the little man in my head will talk to the little man in your head. <laughs> they have a little man party. What the? F- okay, sorry. <laughs> it starts with a classic Lawnmower type scene. Yes. Of of uh, our two friendly janitors, Crazy Schmitty and Jerry the janitor. Yes. Discovering the body, essentially. And they're having a delightful conversation. <laughs> the conversation is so good. <laughs> um, Crazy Schmidt is complaining about a, a woman leaving him. Yeah. And then Jerry says, well, you, sh- <laughs> you should have been hitting on your dental hygienist. And then he says, hey, she's the one who put her hands in my mouth. <laughs> Oh, Crazy Good Schmidt job. never never got it figured out after he lost the leg. Played by that gr- the, that that great Eddie Pepitone. <laughs> that great, <laughs> yeah. Some would call him a bitter Buddha. <laughs> uh, I believe it was Sean Conroy that conned that term. Much to, to great controversy on the Long Shot Podcast, the podcast that Eddie Pepitone used to be on, but is no longer. Not due to hang hang height. Hi. Not due. to... <laughs> Dire straits. Save me. <laughs> you, I, there was pure fear in my eyes right there. And you just sat there and watched, Andrew. You just sat there and watched. I thought you were sputtering into control. No. I thought it was like when a car starts, but it's not quite starting. I thought you were going to pick it up. No, certainly not. What I was trying to say is that Eddie Pepitone, there was not a, you know, there was no, not a hurt feeling situation. He just parted ways with that podcast. Sure. Oh, my God. The yam murder. The, that's my exact note. It's the words yam murder. <laughs> and then my next note is uh, what I believe Annie's text to Jeff was, which mm-hmm. he says was misleading. And she, and she said, says, hey, yeah. She, she said, no, you are about to be screwed in the biology room. <laughs> so let's think about this for a second. Oh, please. Jeff straight up thought he was going to bone down with Annie. That yes. Night. Good. There's some, there's, some, there's some facial gestures going back and forth between me and Andrew for the listener at home. Well, uh, you know, it's it's really spelled out that that clearly that he he wants to, you know, stick it in, move it around. 
I don't know if there's lightning or fireworks or weather balloons going on outside. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a weather balloon. Don't worry about it. I can assure you. I've spoken to my contacts in the NSA. It's a weather balloon. Uh, nothing else to worry about. Don't look. Just stop looking at it. Uh, so, yeah. Annie. Annie. Now, here's what I, I... I don't know. Was Annie, do you think... For her, that was like par for the course that uh, that Jeff's trying to trying to boner. Well, that's and she wasn't offended. She she clearly she she. This is them both openly acknowledging that he wants to boner. Yeah, and that they're okay to just be friends with that in the air. Yeah. Weird, wild times. Well, I mean, we, we we've had a, a few episodes where they they get into you know Annie's feelings. Do you think Annie is just happy that Jeff still thinks of her that way? I think partially. Or do you think she kind of wants more? I, I, uh, well, I think she, I think she she wants. How do you mean more? Like a relationship. Yes, that's what I think she wants. Okay. But and I think she knows she's not going to get that. So she's happy. Just, just. Do you think she purposely tricked Jeff with her yes. wording? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it was an accident. No. I think it was certainly a, not. She was way more concerned about the no, the grade. It's not dumb. Than about. I think she can be a little naive. I think she can be a little naive, but I think she. I, I think we've seen her use sex as a as a tool in the past with Jeff, mm-hmm. and I, I think she knows that. Well, are you talking about under the influence of Glee? I'm talking about under the influence of Glee and other times. She 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 has admitted to to you know batting those those lashes at him and getting him to do stuff. Well, sometimes I, they call those the Disney eyes. Well, that's a different thing. I th- I think she knows that. You don't is... think that's a case of uh, Andre's sexy voice comment? <laughs> for Jeff, a Disney doe eye is right up his alley. Uh, I don't mm, no because I, I mean he's spoken of the Disney eyes before in a way that indicated that he was not they were not a sexy thing. Mm. Um, I, I I I do think she she knows she has that in her arsenal though to, <clears throat> to use against Jeff, and I think that's exactly what she was doing here. All right, because here's why. When she says, technically, Jeff, you are about to get screwed in the study room, there's no surprise in her voice, as if she's finding out that's what he thought she uh-huh. meant. Like, she says, she, she just says, I, I wasn't lying. She, she is not... She's s- playing a word game with him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Professor Kane, yep. here in the biology room with them, yep. and this episode would be his final appearance of the season. Yeah, sad times. Michael K. Williams. Michael Great Kenneth. American. W. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. Okay. MKW. Michael Kenneth W. Don't, don't get, don't, don't get, don't, don't. M. Kenneth W. <laughs> Ken. I'm going to call him Ken from now on. <clears throat> he says, listen, I know, I know you were on the right track, but I can't, I can't give you an A for a project that was destroyed, so uh, I'll give you a pass. Passing grade. Yeah. To which Annie is not satisfied. Yeah, she says I might as well have a baby in a bus stop. Yep. Uh, so then he says, well, listen, you know, you think someone destroyed this yam in science, we call that a hypothesis. You can prove it, maybe we can talk. Which Annie says, okay, if we can prove it, we get an A. That's how Annie takes that. <laughs> um, also, Professor Kane reveals that he was interrupted. He was watching the show Mama's Family. A show that I had never heard of until I saw this episode of Community the first time. I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Was it ever on Nick at Night? I don't think so. Or at least not during our Nick at Night watching era. Are you sure it might not have been a little bit in my Nick and Niagara? I mean, maybe. Era? I can't speak for you. It certainly was not in my era. Because mm. I remember uh, seeing a lot of different shows in the earlier days of Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. They used to show at like five in the morning uh, a show called Rock. Rock? R O C. I've not heard of that show. 
<clears throat> it was uh, of, of, that, of that type of show about uh, an African-American family mm-hmm. dealing with all those issues huh. of, of, the, of the time. Was Rock their name? or It was the father's name. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'd like to imagine Professor Kane would also enjoy Rock as well as whatever other. Do you know the premise of Mama's Family? No. Thelma Harper and her spinster sister Fran open their home to Thelma's recently divorced son Vinton and his teenage son and daughter. It's quite an adjustment for everybody, especially the cranky, argumentative Thelma. Okay. <clears throat> Thelma looks like uh, someone in a grandma wig. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. Uh, another thing that I remember about the show Rock uh, was that much like, I think it was a thing at the time, because uh, I remember they did this a couple of times, or at least once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was showing Andrew a picture of Thelma in Mama's family. Um, uh, where a couple of times... She doesn't even look like an old person. I think this was literally like a 40-year-old woman no, they put yeah, in a grandma I wig. I agree with you. It was <laughs> it was probably a character bit that, that this person was good at, whoever that actress is. Yeah. <laughs> You're showing me pictures of the of the actors of Mama's Mama's family. Mama's family. Mama's family. Mama's. <laughs> Mama's. Mama's. All right. What the fuck are we talking about? I'm trying to tell you about Rock. What? Why? It did a couple of bits. The where... little the tangent man in your head has gone wild. The goddamn plane has hit the mountain. Tell they, me about Rock. They did a couple of bits where um, it was like. It would just be the actors telling you about the show before the show started. What? Well, Fresh Prince did this, like, at least once. Or they did a couple of weird, like, meta bits. What? Yeah. What? Explain, explain what you mean. Like, it was like the actors of rock walking down their hallways and being, like, knocking on each other's dressing room doors, being like, you ready for the show? Like, I don't know what the point was. I just remember going like that, or like after the scene was done, the camera would pull out and they'd like walk out into the audience. Like that was just the thing that they did back in the day. Like, huh. that's why I do know the Seinfeld <laughs> clip shows usually started with Jerry in this side of the apartment being like, "We've had a lot of fun here at Seinfeld <laughs> over the years." So let's check out this wacky incident. I cannot wait till I get to a Seinfeld clip show because yep. I really want that. <laughs> also, have we talked about how much oh, applause Kramer yeah. gets? Yeah, it's nuts. People, this, listen, we haven't talked about it, but. I assure you the world has. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like it's an absurd amount of applause. Well, that's it's a classic breakout character situation. I don't remember... America loved Kramer. I don't remember Friends, like that's any why Friends Kramer character. Kramer was so successful. They're like, how do we choose? We love Kramer so much, and now he's fighting himself. Whose side are we on? Well, I mean, especially since the beginning of that movie was two Kramers coming through two doors two at the same time. <laughs> so that there was so much applause. Yeah, you couldn't hear there anything for the rest of the movie. <laughs> exactly. People went deaf from the applause of Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> that was the day the clap heard around the world. We're like two minutes into this episode of Community. <laughs> My next note is Annie solving crimes. My next note, it, what? This leads to Annie wanting to be a crime solver. Remember, at this point in time, she's still a medical professional. Oh, I see what you're saying. Or, and a nursing administrative or whatever the hell her major is. But that's what she ended up being. What? She had to have started as a crime person. No, she wants to be... That's the, why she comes back in season six. She wants to become a crime person. But she started... Like, in season oh, four, right. they talk a little bit about it. Remember? I mean, I know it's hard to remember. But they talk a little bit about her crime her crime, crime pursuance. And then in season six, they get for real with... Or five? Season five, they get well, for real Well, at the end of five, it. she goes up. But at the start of five, she's working as, as a as hospital a, administrator, yeah. basically. But no, for, she gets the, her degree like evil, with that. Evil, because she's working for the pharmaceutical company. Yeah, and she's popping the pills herself, She's right? giving out pens. 
Isn't she trying it? She's getting other people hooked on the Oh, 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 oh. All right, well, hey, it's well, a real hey, well, hey, well, well, Jesse Pinkman situation. <laughs> Adam Sandler has just walked into the room, <laughs> folks. This is very exciting. Uh, Mr. Sandler, it's exciting time for you. We just had Hotel Transylvania 2 come out. How are you feeling about the success? He's just left the room. Oh, Adam. Oh, we, a big fan. Oh, what a bummer. He's gone. <laughs> um... Anyway, opening credits. God's sake! That's my I next notes one. before that. Jesus Christ! How many notes we got? Well, what I like here is that so Annie says we got to solve this crime. I heard a crime go. We got to solve it. <laughs> Shout out to J W Stillwater. Stillwater. Um. Uh. And then I love how instantly Shirley, Troy, and Abed commit to the Law and Order theme. Shirley instantly <laughs> takes on the role oh, oh my of, God. of yeah. chief of police who <laughs> handing out duties, and Troy and Abed are, of course, the detectives. And Shirley, this is her wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. As they mentioned in the commentary, this this for Shirley is like Abed's Inspector Space Time. Yes. Shirley yes, falls she right she into the role. These kind of she things. says, okay, boys, set up a perimeter. Yeah. I want I want some leads. I want some suspects. Yeah. We only got 48 hours before this, this thing's cold. Yeah. I love it. And then uh, Troy and Abed sort of <clears throat> both try to do zingers. And then uh, Troy, much to much to Troy's chagrin, opposite says we can't both do the zinger, mm-hmm. and Troy's upset. That's a lot of fun. Um, and then we have the credits, which are so beautiful. Oh, they're great! It's got a, uh, it's, you know, I assume this is Ludwig's work, work <laughs> Ludwig's work, uh, Ludwig the uh, the don't mu- be Ludwigquist. <sighs> God damn it! Every time we start to get a fucking chain going, something happens. <laughs> It's a somber version of the theme song. But it's a theme song that somehow feels like the Law and Order theme song. Yes. On some very important level, they have somehow played some game of musical trickery. Yeah. Where one song sounds like a completely different song, and it's nuts, and I applaud them. Yeah, because it is still the theme song. Yeah. It is still the tune of, of Community. Of, uh, what's it called? I can't stand the friend. What's the actual name of the theme song? Holy say. shit. It's by the 88s. Give me some rope. Is that the name of the song? Give me some rope. Time in a tree. Give me a home. But anyway, it's a, it's a very somber version. Somebody uh, say. No lyrics. We could be here. Uh, but it does sound like the Law and Order theme we song. We could be roped up, tied up, dead Which in Which is amazing. I can't count uh, the reasons. Uh, they play with I the color. Stay. They pick different images from the episodes. One by one. They all just fade away. Uh, I especially enjoy uh, the image for Troy. Yeah, that's a good image. They throw in um, some of when Annie and Shirley were driving the the, the cart golf cart around campus as the security guard, the security uh, guards. <laughs> for some reason, uh, Blorgons are in there. Sure, <laughs> uh, some good stuff. Yep. Oh, Starburns. Uh, in almost you a Starburns. In almost a foreshadow. I would say uh, uh, they show him as a as a uh, Izuhua. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> mugshot. <laughs> well, although I guess it's not that uncommon to think that he's had mugshots before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then it looks like a, 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 a they pan down an image of a statement in which it looks like it was given by magnitude because because in quotes at the bottom of the statement is pop 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 pop. Now, verse, verse, verse scene. And this is this is also classic Law and Order for a scene <sighs> where yes. we have to go somewhere shady to get a yes. little info. That's right. So this is an Troy and Abed as the, as the cops. Yeah. <laughs> they find some kind of illegal arm wrestling 
bet happening. Run by seemingly the the remnants of the the hip the hipsters. The hipsters yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leonard's there. As blind. Uh, Pierce is Harry. there. Harry versus Leonard. Yeah. And Pierce says five to one on the black guy. Yeah. So another, uh, I believe it's it's supposed to be Chevy Pierce's Chase's stand. Yeah, standing. Yeah. Says that's racist. And he says fine. okay, six, six to one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Troy and Abed then uh, break up that. Yep. To to grill Pierce about his whereabouts. They mm-hmm. said, "Did you water the yam last night?" I have so many notes just from this. It's good stuff. It's such a good. And this is Pierce's only appearance in the in the episode. Yep. But it, he he in makes a classic yeah. in a classic game of use him once. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> what are your notes? Uh, I mean, I would have written down the entire conversation because it's great. Yeah. Because they say we have a couple questions for you. He says, "I've always been telling you guys you should ask me more questions." Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, Troy says, what do you know about the the yam or something about the yam? And then he says, oh, I watered it. Of course I watered it. It's uh, I held up my part of the bargain. And then he says, did you hold it or drop it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. And then Pierce confesses to not watering. He says, wait, I, I, I couldn't even get in the room. It was locked when I got there. Mm-hmm. And I says, did you water or did you not, could you not get in? We don't understand. Yeah. He admits I was lying about watering it. He says he was late to get in there because he, he fell asleep in a sunbeam. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, Abed says uh, a likely story. Yeah. And then Troy says, actually, it is. He used to do that all the time when I lived with him. It was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, I, this is, it's so weird to introduce that Pierce is sort of like a cat, I guess. And yet it works completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because let me tell you, as a guy who has a cat, that bitch falls asleep in sunbeams <laughs> all the time. Um, so. Very confusing to me the first time I saw this episode because oh. I had never heard the term sunbeam. Whoa! Yeah. What? Yeah. Are you okay? I was. I thought is that some kind of chair? What's are you going somehow? On? Are you somehow? Oh, you know what? I when I first heard it, I remember thinking it was a hammock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a hammock brand. Sure. You know what? Uh, listeners, write in and tell us if it is a hammock brand. Write in and tell us if you where you first heard the term sunbeam. Mm-hmm. And it's on a postcard. Shut up, Leonard.pizza.com. But Pierce points them to Todd, right? Uh, Pierce points them to Todd. Correct. <laughs> Glad we got that cleared up. That was a big source of confusion. I had to check my notes. When I asked you, I was so certain. And now you've made a fool of yourself <laughs> by just repeating information that I've already said. What do you have to say? Listen, my it was nope. I was gonna make a joke that might have been funny, but it was a little insensitive. Was it that man? What the man in your head? Yeah, well, it was about Lincoln Chafee. What did you watch the Democratic debate? Part of it, it w- the part that I watched when I saw anyone else who wasn't Bernie or Hillary, I said, "Who the hell's that?" I thought Mark O'Malley, Mark or Mike, Mike O'Malley is the actor from Glee. Mark O'Malley is the governor writing for president. I thought he did very well, actually. I was very impressed with him. Was he like the old stiff guy? No. You're thinking of Lincoln Chafee. Okay, that old stiff guy. Lincoln Chafee was the one, well, Lincoln Chafee was the one who was terrified out of his mind. No, who was the one who kept talking about his war records? That was Jim Webb. Okay, that guy. He was stiff, and he made a lot of complaints about how the debate was not fair to him. He looked like he literally had a board up his back. Like, he... But there was a moment where they asked Lincoln Chafee, he's like, you voted on this, and that was not cool. What's up? 
and he was like, "Listen, my dad had just died. I inherited the spot. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> like that was that was his explanation." Holy shit! So I was about to say, "My dad had just died. That's why I didn't know about Todd." But I mean, the guy's dad did die, so I felt a little insensitive about doing that. Wow! But it was a very strange moment in the debate. Wow! This has been Shut Up Leonard talks politics. Hashtag Bernie twenty sixteen. Hashtag Feel the Feel Burn. The burn. Uh, and it always strikes me whenever I see Bernie Sanders in a in a debate mm-hmm. how close James Adomian's impression is. Yes. <laughs> it's really close. The top one percent of the three percent. Because when when he gets running this think, country, I th- I I think he always knows how a sentence is going to go. Yeah. But then he gets so excited that he's actually saying it. Yeah. That he just ramps he up. He ramps it up, and that and that's when it gets especially Adomian. Yeah. Whew. This has been Talking Ticks with Matt and Andrew. Ticks, of course, short for politics. So, um, in a classic Law & Order style, whenever yeah. they, they cut to perhaps a new scene or a new suspect, mm-hmm. we get a black screen with words on it. Yeah. Uh, for when they go to Todd, it says, dun, Todd, dun. Tuesday, noon. Yes. They're, they're ambushing Todd in the library. He appears to be working part-time yes. as a librarian. Yes. Uh, they notice he's got a bandage on his hand. They say, hey, Todd, did you cut your hand on some glass, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great little exchange here where uh, he, so he says, I, 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 in home ec, I burned it cooking a muffin. And then Troy, re- really quick with the question, says, what kind of muffin? Blueberry? Why not raisin? That wasn't the assignment. <laughs> That's a great little exchange. <clears throat> also, uh, I, I don't know if we knew this information before, but uh, Todd reveals his daughter's name is Ellie. 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 Todson. Actually, we find out his last name as well later on. Is Cramper. Is Wiltit. Is Melfarb. All right, I give up. (laughs) Do you you want to know now or later? I don't want to know now. Okay, Jacobson. Jacobson. Ellie Jacobson Mm -hmm. is the daughter. Todd Jacobson is the father. The Hughes has been purred. My man. Uh, uh, say, Todd has a picture that he took of the room because he says, Todd hey. says, I couldn't make it into the room, so I had to take a picture through the window. Yes. And yours was Still a frine. Still unharmed. Yours was a frine. Yeah. Yours was a frine. Uh, so then. Hey, uh, what, it, mm, foreshadowing. <laughs> what? <laughs> a frine. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> they take the photo to Berta, who runs it on under a sepia filter. I said, uh, oh, uh, the, this, this uh, uh, says Computer Lab, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Pretty much Britta's only appearance in this episode as well. Yep. Uh, which is a bummer to me, a known Britta booster. Uh, I mean, uh, since I'm a Shirley supporter, Shirley's got a large role in this episode. And I'll tell you, Shirley does a great job here. I love it. So Britta runs it, puts it on a sepia filter, obviously not very helpful. Yeah. But Shirley does notice there's a clock in the background of the picture. Yeah. Abed tries and fails to tell what time the clock says. Yeah. Uh, to which he blurts out, I, I'm, I'm smart in other ways or something. It was 10 after 8. Yeah. Meaning that whoever got to the yam... Mm-hmm. Got there after a, the door was locked. Had a key. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we're, so then... Oh, uh, it was in this scene <clears throat> that I first noticed uh, very clearly uh, Abed's Inspector Spacetime badge. That that's what it is. Yes. In the commentary, they say it looks like a Planet Hollywood badge. Well, Joel McHale says it looks like a Planet Hollywood badge. I'd say I don't disagree with him. It does look kind of like a Paul, 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 Paul. Well, that's why I'm mentioning in this scene, I can very clearly see that it is an in Inspector in Spacetime badge, which like I assume he's wearing as as some kind of form of police badge. Yes. That <laughs> the character that he's portraying has yeah. a police badge hanging there. Well, maybe that's why there's Blorgons in the opening credit sequence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Abed was part of that opening credit sequence? Yeah. Okay. Uh, buh, 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 so, buh, 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 buh. they follow 
the trail. Well, Shirley says, I remember when I had to do some shit, I got a key. Something about a pinata. Yeah. She makes a hand motion for pinata. She says it in a very serious way, too. A very serious police captain anyway. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's a delight. So, Shirley fucking shines in this episode. The, yes. I know. I'm I'm a Brita booster. I'm not a Shirley supporter. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Shirley unsupporter. Mm-hmm. I like Shirley. Well, you like Shirley when it's a... Uh, I like Shirley in an episode chef? like this. What's the, a chef? I'm, I'm a chef. Chef situation? I'm, I'm a chefer. Uh, or a Jirly man. <laughs> Jirly, Jirly, Jirly Boys, the new musical about people who ship Jeff and Shirley. Yes. I'm going to get Clean Eastwood. <laughs> so, I'm pulling a Stefan covering my mouth because I'm so delighted with my own material. They, uh, uh, they know that someone has to sign out to get the key, so and they're going to go to the key master. Who is? Fabulous Neil. Uh, so they go to the ad- administration office. Yes. It's Wednesday, 11 a.m. Yep. Fabulous Neil is there. Fabulous Neil. So if you, uh, I mean, foreshadowing. I want to let you know. What? It was Tuesday when they what? saw Britta. Now it's Wednesday. They waited a day. They waited a day. Fabulous Neil, and a bit of foreshadowing as he's looking for the record to see who took out the key, mm-hmm. uh, talks about their yam. So, hey, I heard about your yam. A little yeah. bit uh, conspicuous that Todd knows so or Todd, that Neil knows so much about the old yam there. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? May, huh? may I also... Huh? Huh? No. Huh? Given the huh? the way that this episode ends, huh? uh, uh, I remember. Uh, I don't know if we ever talked about it on an official Shut Up Leonard capacity, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a short series of cartoon animations called uh, the Keymaster or something. Oh where yeah. Abed became the new Keymaster. That's right. And following the events of this, it makes sense why that animation was made. Yeah. In a in a way. Uh, so they find out that Magnitude checked out the key. Yes. And then the next thing says Wednesday noon. Uh, That's so, it. So they go straight to Mattitude. Yep. He, his, his defense is pop, pop, which they understand. Well, Abed he, says, yeah. and so you're telling me, and he explains the whole thing, yeah. and then that's Mattitude all that Mattitude says, pop, pop. Yeah. Uh, they give a very happy pop, pop back, and then instantly turn back to the disappointed detectives when they turn around. Mattitude, of course, what we found out, he, what he had told them was that he had the key in his backpack, and his backpack was stolen. Mm-hmm. So... Troy and Abed devise a clever sting operation, which is the best thing that's ever happened. So it's, it's library, so Wednesday afternoon. Yes. Troy. Troy's dressed as your typical all-American college boy. <laughs> uh, and perhaps a bit of a reference to his film, Mystery Team, because hmm. uh, at a certain point in that film, he all, he does a similar uh, costume to, as a college boy looking to buy some drugs. Hmm. Um, but he, he's got you know big glasses, uh, like a letterman sweater sort of thing <coughs> apple on the desk presumably to give to a teacher later uh and then he says ah time to use the restroom and then he walks away and at a when we were watching this together on the commentary we both shared joy at this moment as he he walks down the hallway turns to where the bathroom is headed points and then follows in that direction <laughs> it is so delightful and can i tie something weird huh i do i sometimes walk like that genuinely <laughs> Let me let me tell like you. Before I saw this episode, that is something I yeah. would sometimes do while walking. A point when you turn. Yeah. Well, I've seen you do a lot of points. <laughs> I'm a pointer. I'm a yeah. known pointer. Let me tell you about a cool move somebody did once, and I think this was perhaps the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. So, have you ever had a situation you're walking uh, and you find yourself uh, you're doing that thing where you're trying you're walking towards someone, but you're both trying to go around mm-hmm. and you don't know which way to go? Yeah. And and I have this happen to me a lot. Yeah, a droitwitch they call it. Huh? A droitwitch. Never heard that. It's from the meaning of lift, the Douglas Adams dictionary of made up words. What? Anyway, that one's got the saddest definition. 
are the saddest reason for the definition. Oh. Do you want me to say? Sure. Uh, because Droywich was the name of the hospital where uh, Douglas Adams' father passed away. And it, it was thematically similar because he kept, like, he would get better, then he would get more sick again, then he would get better, then he would get more sick, and then he finally passed away. Mm. So in a way, it is thematically similar to this thing, and that's why I called it that, giving us a fun name that came from darkness. Uh, anyway, so that happens to me a lot. One time, uh, so I'm at my school, and, and it starts to happen, and this guy, he just, w- w- not even, just uh, kind of points a hand and points a finger the way he's going to go. Huh. Just, like, real subtle. Not and not a big thing, and he just points, and we and I just knew, oh, he's going that way, so I went the other way. I tell you what, that was such a subtle move, and I I to I still can't do it. Like I can't when I find myself in that situation, I'm not cool enough to pull off just a real subtle point. Well, I think the problem with that too is you need you need some sort of connection with the oneness of the universe, because uh, even if you know I'm you know I'm a clumsy awkward guy, I'm one of those types. I feel like if I tried that. That it would just the way I throw the point mm-hmm. would be such a way that they would think, oh, he's telling me to go that way, not he's telling me that he's going that. Yeah, way. that's the thing. His point was so subtle and so calm. Yeah, and it wasn't even an arm extension. It was yeah. just literally like a wrist and a finger. Yeah. Oh man, to the I I don't know how he did it. Yeah, it was like a magic trick. He's some kind of shaman, that guy. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Sex, uh, baby. I wrote a question here. You and me. Is there anyone more conspicuous than Starburns? No. <laughs> he's not even tall. Yeah. He's got a top hat and he's got Starburns. Yeah. And, and he, let me tell you, as a guy, I don't have a top hat and I don't have Starburns, but I got some big burns. You got burns for sure. I'm tall. I'm a pretty conspicuous guy. Yeah. Starburns is even more conspicuous than I am, and that is saying something. And then uh, when he steals the bag, he does like a turnaround. <laughs> well, yeah, it's great. Him stealing the bag is delightful. He's like looking around, doing the kind of over nonchalant, like not doing anything. Grabs the bag, turns around, and who's there waiting for him? But our old pals, Troy and Abed. So they take him into some kind of a back room. Yeah. Question. I'll tell you what it kind of looks like. Hmm. It looks like uh, old uh, Mr. Botany Professor's lab from season five, the Ass Crack Bandit episode. Oh! Where uh, Jonathan Colton was hanging out. Bit. That was, was it Jonathan, Jonathan Colton or was it the other one? It was the other one. It was the one who actually sang the song in the episode. Ben Folds. Yeah. You know, there's five I, of him. Am I the only one who mixes those two up? Yes! <laughs> Why? I'm seeing things. How are Excuse other people me. not, how do other people not mix these two up? I've never, I never even thought to mix them up. Do they look similar? I don't, I don't know even, if I've ever seen Mr. Colton. Look similar. I, I don't know. I mix those two up a lot. And the thing is, I like both of them. Uh huh. I just mix them up. I think it's because they're they seem to be liked by the same. You're kind just of people. one wild mixed up guy. <laughs> is that a thing? Anyway, I think this room looks like that room. I guess. Well, it, it's it's mostly because it's so it's it's meant to be. This is the interrogation scene where uh, the you know. The police would take a suspect into the the two-way mirror room. What is that called? Yeah, the two-way mirror room. The interrogation uh, chamber. Yeah, and uh, there's someone behind the two-way mirror, and and at a certain point they'll knock on the mirror to let them know we need to talk. Yeah, but this time it's it's just like kind of... It's like a fish tank. Yeah. But not full of anything. It's an empty fish tank. So it's a little opaque, but not really. Yeah, you could totally see through it. Yeah, and Shirley's on the other side. She gives the knock after they reach a certain point. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I want to I want to highlight a Troy line here. Okay, because it's one of the I think really most quoted Troy lines for me, mm-hmm. where uh, Starburns is worried he's going to get in trouble for stealing backpacks, and Troy says, "Hey, idiot, we don't care about the backpacks." And that 
specific cadence of the hey, idiot, is something that I have imitated in real life many, many a time. <laughs> I'm going to say I can confirm. It is so delightful. I love it so much. And uh, Troy, Troy, Troy gets the, the Matt Benson award for this scene right now. Uh, but basically, uh, Starburns says, you're not cops, and then they get well, the Well, before knock. that, uh, 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 you know, Troy is freaking out, punching the filing cabinets, yeah. and Abbott says, hey, hey, calm down. Hey, don't worry. He, that's my partner. Don't worry about him. He's a bad cop. <laughs> I'm a good cop. You can trust me. And Starburns seems like he's going to trust him, and then yeah. says, no, wait I'm a second. I'm not going to fall for that. You're not even cops. Yeah. And then also, we, we, we watched it with commentary together. We did not watch the episode uh, uh-huh. together. But this was a scene where, I mean, I was pretty much quoting this line for line going along with it. This is such <laughs> a great scene. And that continues. Into, so he says, you're not cops. Then they go back to Shirley, and she just says, he's right. You're not cops. <laughs> Which is sort of the equivalent of Law Order of like the bad guy being like, I know my rights. You can't do this. And yeah. then the, the chief has to say, you know. Or it's right, like, you, you don't do have this. any evidence. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I watched. But this time it's just that they're not cops, which is I so watched funny. this episode in a computer lab at a public library. Or not a public, my school library. Yeah. And never have I been more worried about just bursting out into laughter yeah. while it's silent around me. Yes. Uh, to the point where I thought, oh, now I'm, I'm that guy. <laughs> I've seen plenty of people watching TV shows while in the library, but yeah. I think that was I was at greatest risk. <laughs> uh, so they decide to go get some evidence. They 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 the yam has been studied by a forensic. The expert. title card says biology lab Wednesday evening. Please biology lab Wednesday biology. Evening. That was on the show that I made that blunder, right? It had Pro- to have been probably. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, where we're else are we about talking about the biology? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the lab tech. Yes, played by the great. Lindsay Hendricks. But is she from Law & Order? What were they talking about? I don't remember. They talked about her on the commentary. They flew her I... out, like, specifically, like, yeah. they wanted her. Yeah. For some reason. I mean, I'm saying for some reason, but it's because she's great. Yeah, she's great in this scene. She nails, like, she t- she's talking about this yam like it is a human dead body. Yes. And but it's also, like, so not much, only... So much like, fun. Not only, like, it's a human dead body, but, like, it's a human dead body, and she is a person who deals with human dead bodies. Y- yeah. Like, it's that... It's not... Because it's not like she's super respectful. She walks that line where she's like, this is a horrible thing that I've seen every day of my life for the past ten <laughs> yeah. years. It's like she's dissected yeah. yams. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, and she nails it perfectly. But uh, the information that comes out in this scene, basically, is that A, the yam was about to bloom, and B, the yam was stomped on. Yeah. The, the, well, that the, the... The fall, it couldn't have just been a fall that did this to the yam. Yeah. Yeah. That a healthy, a healthy yam, it's not consistent with this. Yeah. This, this is consistent with yam stomps. Yes. Uh, and Smushing, then, I believe they call it later on. Troy just says, Pam. And Hobbits, we named the yam Pam. <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> and that fade to black, so perfect. Uh, um, we come back, uh, we're on like, what, you know, it's supposed to look like a New York City street. Yes. But it's just, you know, somewhere outside of Greendale. It's it's outside Borchard Hall. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <Christ>. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the idea uh, in universe is that there's some construction going on, and that's why there's a bustle of activity. Okay, because also Garrett... Lambert, and he set up a hot dog. He set stands. up a hot dog stand. Yes. Jeff buys a hot dog and then gives it back because he realizes he does not want a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Much to Garrett's shock if you pay attention to his face. Well, it's a real delight. It's great because Jeff says, keep the change. Takes you know, the it, dog, turns around and says, you know, keep the dog, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there's a, there's a lot of secret things to look at in the scene. I so mentioned Garrett, Garrett's face. And then the other thing that um, we learned in the commentary, the, the people who made the show didn't even know this was in there until they saw a gif of it on the internet. But so if, great. But if you watch the extras in the background, you will see two people exiting. On the right-hand side, yeah. there's big doors. Mm-hmm. Two people exit those doors in succession, a woman and then a man. 
The woman is wiping her mouth, and the man is zipping up his pants, thus indicating some fellatio. She said, never mind Garrett's hot dogs. I've got another one that I want to put in your mouth. Put in my mouth. Put in your mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, they did not instruct these extras to do this. This was just a thing they, they did. They didn't notice that the extras did it Yeah. until much later. Yeah. That's crazy. It's nuts. Uh, is that oh. the most explicit joke in the history of community? No. She's wiping cum off her mouth. The dean is... Come on. The dean. Just I could just say the dean. Listen. <laughs> he made jokes about the whole... Uh, the, the, the marks on the map aren't... Those aren't hearts or stars. Oh, that might be... Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, and that, that meant a whole lot more than just what he drew... Just what he did there. The implication, yeah. yeah. Okay, that yeah, that one might be it. That's a that's a pretty big one, I think. Still though, they're I mean they're literally they've got to be seconds off a of blowjob that couple in Greendale. Well, I think visually they knew that that would make the joke play. Yeah, but that's, that's kind of like, crazy though, right? Yeah, that they not. were so attuned to how the joke would play. Yeah. Maybe maybe Rob Schraub doth protest too much. Maybe oh, you're, you're suggesting this is a maybe this is a little secret this is that a he false threw flag in. Flag operation. Yeah, it was a secret he threw in, and he pretended yeah. like he didn't know. I don't think that's true. Look, I think Schraub's a genius. Rob Schraub is a family man. He doesn't care for that kind of humor. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, so Jeff basically this is a meeting between Jeff, Annie, Troy, and Abed, mm-hmm. and Shirley. Is she there too? I don't believe so. So Jeff, Annie, Troy, and Abed, and yeah. Jeff basically says, I, I don't care what you have to do, find something on Starburst. Yeah, find something on Starburns. Find some fucking dirt. We need to get this A. If we get some dirt, he'll talk. Starburns is our guy. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so Troy and Abed uh, tell some custodial staff member mm-hmm. that they heard a kitten uh, meowing in Starburns' locker, uh-huh. to which they, he says, you really heard that? And they say, not anymore, you better hurry. Yeah. So he opens it up, and what should come spilling out of that locker? But lab equipment. Lab equipment. Shadow yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Starburn sees this happen. Starburn's two backpack in hand sees this happen. Uh, runs away. And then there's a nice Chasing. moment. Chasing. Why do they always... Come on, say it with me. Why do they <laughs> always... Why do they always... You do it. Why do they always run? Yeah. <laughs> so they go... I love that Troy and Abed both don't run until they've finished that cycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's the only reason why Starburn's even gets ahead a little. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, a big chase, leads them through the dean's office. Yeah. We see the dean playing with a hula hoop. He's alone hula hooping, <laughs> yep. and he's he, all that he can say is, don't you knock? <laughs> yeah. And I don't even think it's his office. I think it's like the reception desk area to his office. No, it's his office. No, I think it's where like the, his reception is. They go through the reception into his office and then out that other door. I disagree. His office has two doors. I don't think that's true. His office has a door that goes to the hallway and the door that goes to the administration area. No, I think his office only has a door that goes to the administration area and the other door is a closet that leads to all his costumes. Okay. If we're lo- okay, imagine you're sitting at the dean's desk. Mm-hmm. You are the dean. Yeah. Okay? Does that feel wait, good? Wait, wait, wait. How does it feel? Uniforms. Dean this, Dean this, Dean much, Dean, dean got Dean. I'm the dean. Okay, so you're sitting at the dean. office. You're sitting at the dean's desk. Why are there no Dalmatians in here? <laughs> you look to the right. You see your closet door that leads to your closet yeah, full so of I'm, your I'm sister's costumes. Some, some clothes for my sister in there right yeah. now. You look to your left. It's weird because in real life, to that area is my sister's room. <laughs> look to your left. Yeah. There's a door that leads to the administration area where, what's her name, Charlotte Beverly? It's, I, I feel like it's changed. I feel like so too. 
That's to the, where you get to her. Yeah. You look straight ahead. And I see a yeah, wall. There's a door that I leads see a to wall. a hallway. I see a Straight wall. to a hallway. They've used this door many a time on the show. I don't know about People this. have come in and out. There have even been gags where the door's open and someone passes by. I don't know about that one. Look, I'm 100% on this. I've thought about the dean's office so much. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not convinced. I don't know. Are you checking? How are I'm you checking? kind of checking. I'm looking at videos of the dean's office. Anyway, so the dean is hula hooping. Yeah. So Troy goes running in through the administration area, through the door, <laughs> Allegedly. into the dean's office, and then out of the door that goes straight to a hallway. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we cut to Starburns, and he's trying to convince a woman to kiss him. That woman uh, is Kendra. Kendra with a Q. Q you. And uh, she says no, and he says, I'll explain later. And she says, the explaining <laughs> is, is not, not the, the problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's then, a great moment. Um, well, oh, so then basically Starburns admits to having a meth lab in the trunk of his car. Yes. Uh, based on a pinky promise, swear <laughs> that they will not tell yeah. the authorities that information. But they will tell them that Starburns saw Todd drop the yam jar sorry i'm examining the dean's office right now i think i may have found a continuity error yeah in that i feel like i'm seeing what i believe is the door you are talking about you seem to be right in that regard thank you but what i'm not seeing is a a closet where the costumes could be it's like to the right the the wall is kind of recessed in a weird way i'm seeing that wall i'm not seeing kind of recessed in a weird way is it i don't know about this look it might also be a secret door because, look, I, I can see the entire wall right now. And unless it's behind the couch. Maybe maybe they decided later to put that closet door in. I don't know. I've got but that's of, definitely where it was. That's where it was yeah. at some point. Greendale is hiding something in Craig Pelton's office, and I want to know what it is. I think Craig Pelton is hiding something <laughs> in Greendale's office, if you know what I mean. So, I've gotten us all the way through Starburns. They make the meth deal. Uh, so what the fuck? So is they this arrest. Saying? They arrest <laughs> Todd. Todd. This is a T. They arrest Todd while he's basket weaving. Yes. Uh, look at this. He weeds baskets and lies. That's a great line from Troy. Of course. Uh, they arrest him. They read him his Miranda rights, which are we are not cops. You do not have to go with us if you don't want to. Please and thank you. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they uh. Title card. Bio- biology, biology class. Place. Thursday, one p.m. <laughs> They're about ready to have a trial. The, this trial is basically... Professor Kane is the judge, the acting judge. And this, in Law & Order fashion, the first half of this episode was about the police chasing down the criminal. Mm-hmm. And we've now entered the trial half, mm-hmm. which is about the liars. What? The liars. The liars. The liars. The liars. Look how it's spelled. The liar. Yeah. The liars. <laughs> so Kane is acting we as are, judge. We are running on feuds tonight. Jeff and Annie are yeah. setting up their prosecution yep. of Todd. And then... What should happen but... Lieutenant Colonel Archwood. Played by um, the great Michael Ironside. Yeah. From he, Total Recall and recently Turbo Kid. He's from, he's, he's from the U.S. Army and he's a licensed attorney. Mm-hmm. And Todd served under him. And yeah. he's sleeping on Todd's couch for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, because he's going to a wedding. Yes. Um, so he comes to rescue Todd. He, he wants to be his defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so then 
he says, this is crazy that you're accusing him of all this. So they yeah. go to the dean's office and to Dean discuss says, it. Yeah, Dean says, you can't do this. This is out. Yeah. But then Kane swoops in with a great speech, which Dan says we're welcome for on the commentary. Uh-huh. Well, because uh, basically the dean says he's inclined to agree with the man in uniform, which yes. is what the lieutenant colonel is. Yeah, and the, the, the argument basically is that they shouldn't trust the word of Starburns, a criminal yeah, he's a over an uh, army man. Um, and, but then uh, they, um, unless he, can, he admits to how he knows what he knows about Todd. Yeah. And then Kane says, I don't care. Yeah, I'm, up, I'm upholding the pinky swear, and then he gives, the, which is a great line to say dramatically. Uh, and then he gives the big speech to the to Michael Ironside, where he says, "We both come from places where your words only as good as your uniform," and that is, I think, genuinely like a really great moment and line. Yes, drama wise. Has has Dan Harmon ever written or been involved in an actual drama, like a drama show? I don't think so. He's mostly done, I'm pretty sure he's exclusively done comedies. I mean, he's pitched a lot of dramas on Harmontown, you know, Redemption, uh, Peak Hitler. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm into every single one of them. Yeah. But they're all kind of based on a gag premise. But But you know what? If anyone could take a gag premise and make it serious, I think it's that Dan Harmon guy. To my knowledge, he has never uh, worked on something dramatic. I think we're both doing a lot of voice work this episode. We're yeah, both we're trying out a we're lot really, of we've, we've characters gone, and voices. We've gone over the line. <laughs> and, you, and then we don't talk at all. I, don't, I thought you were looking something up. I, uh, the, I kind of half forgot we were doing a podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are we still doing this? Oh, my this? God. Oh, um, so now we have oh here's, a, here's a bunch of notes that I have. Yeah. Uh, 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 Kane calls Starburn Starface. Yeah. Nice. Uh, who says awesome? The dean? <laughs> the dean says awesome. Oh, because of the whole uniform. Yeah. After the speech. Yeah. And then at the, because the dean is clearly into the fact that Kane is yelling at the lieutenant colonel. Yeah. Uh, given that they're both men who, who have uniformed past. Yes. Uh, which, of course, the dean probably had some prison fantasies sure. at a time. Sure. Uh, and then as they both leave, then Jeff Tough, turns yeah. to the dean and just says, uniform. Oh. Yeah, which yeah. makes the dean do uh, a similar reaction to when Jeff... Was wearing the aviators. The aviators. Yeah. Even his shadow. Yeah. Um, so, again, I'll ask this time. Did the dean come in his pants? Yes. Okay. Confirmed. <laughs> so, there, there, it's going to be another day before the trial again. Uh, Troy and Abbott are nervous that Todd's going to walk, so they come in to yell at uh, Jeff and Annie. Yeah, let me, let me just mention right up top, uh, this is the scene where I totally noticed Troy's Spider-Man tie. You didn't notice it during the interrogation scene? No. Interesting. I That's, that's where I noticed but it. But during the interrogation scene on the old uh, commentary, that's where commentary. Dan Harmon said that day one into pre-production, they had to get that tie approved because they knew it was going to take a while, yeah. and they wanted that tie. Because it's Spider-Man, and there's a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what haves you. What haves you? <laughs> That's a, it's like Coles to sack. Yeah, but I would argue that it should be what's have you. <laughs> well, you say potato, I say fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Troy and Abed yell at them. Uh, Abed is especially angry. He he storms off. Troy says, "Sorry about my partner. He's just been kind of he's been feeling kind of off since we switched." Because yeah. they've now switched good back and No, Abed is the cop. bad cop. Yep. Uh, but times. they but they get mad at uh, at uh, Annie and. This is what you lawyers do. You talk and you talk and a scumbag walks. Yeah, which that's a another classic Law and Order thing. Yeah, 
Uh, I love it. But now the real trial is about to happen. So this is bio- now the title card here. Uh, I'm going to say this is the last title card, and this is interesting because there should it implies that there should be another one. Why? In what way? Biology class yam issue part one. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never know. Yeah, which I thought maybe it would come up on the commentary. I thought maybe Dan Harmon would kick himself a couple of times. You know, he likes to do that on commentaries. Yeah. Because he never put in a title card for part two. Because I can imagine where that title card for part two would go uh-huh. when when Jeff uh-huh. comes in to do his rebuttal or whatever. Uh-huh. But oh, it sure. does not. Instead, uh, we start this uh, we start this court case, uh, and we're we're jumping in where uh, Lieutenant Colonel Archwood is, you know, basically getting uh, Todd to talk about all the things he's well, doing. Well, yeah, Todd is taking the stand. Yeah. Uh, Archwood is uh, interviewing him, examining him, whatever you want to call it. Talking about all the great things he did. Yeah, and he he, <laughs> he refers to Starburns as a, I have it written down here, Holocaust-denying 9-11 pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Objection. Withdrawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he just wanted to get that idea out there that Starburns might be a Holocaust-denying 9-11 pedophile. Yeah. And Which I love that 9-11 is just a, what, an advert? Not an advert, but it's a, just a descriptor. It's a, it's a kind of pedophile, it seems like. That's, that is what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, part of Todd's things that he's won... Or his his glory, he he got a bronze star. Yes, I don't think that's a real thing. I don't either, but we're not tough boys. Well, I don't even think you have to be a tough boy to know if that's a real thing. I don't I don't believe it to be a real thing, but I just don't want to be embarrassed if it turns out. I it think is. they couldn't they couldn't say Purple Heart because that was way too like that's too much <laughs> yeah. for Todd. Yeah, but bronze star. Just well, you only get a Purple enough. Heart if you're injured in the line of duty, and yeah. Todd clearly isn't. So, uh, uh, here's my note where I noticed Chang is the bailiff. Yes, and everyone should also notice him as the bailiff because he—it is great. You pointed this out to me. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I this—I have a random note during the scene. Uh, I like that uh, Kane is wearing a sweater that kind of looks like a judge's robes. <laughs> like it's a kind of a loose-fitting black sweater <laughs> with a deep neckline. It right. looks like oh a my robe. God. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of perfect for him as the judge. My my um, next note is about Annie's how Annie gets Todd to admit to anything. Yeah, she cross examines him, and what does she do? She, I love the she says, "Let's defuse this IED of dishonesty." <laughs> yes, uh, but she she basically ramps him up. Yeah, she calls him a lot of names. She says a lot of bad things, and then she does that. You know, uh, withdrawn, withdrawn, withdrawn. Calls him a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is absurd because he has children. Yes, <laughs> or at least a child. Yeah. Um. But basically, then she just leads. She leans in real hard, grabs the picture of the yam, and she says, "Tell me." And I want to do a shout out to the huh. photographer who took that picture because they do a good job of making it look like a crime scene photo of a yam. Yeah, uh, really fantastic work there. Uh, tell me you didn't drop it, and he says, "I didn't." I mean, I would. But like, then she also she kind of gives him the 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 Disney eyes as well. Oh, because she's she, she's appealing. To, you know, we we know this isn't you. Don't you want to do the right thing? And then she does kind of give him the Disney eyes, hmm. which I think is what finally caused him to break down. But yeah, but basically, Todd says he his his yam wasn't sprouting. He wanted to know why theirs was doing so well. Yeah. He picked up the glass that Before was Before he even in. gets into that, though, Archwood tries to stop him. Yeah. To which uh, Todd says, you zip, Uncle Nobby! <laughs> <laughs> which, so well, that's why Archwood has taken such an interest in Todd. It's, it's his, he's his uncle. You think he's actually his uncle? That, that was my interpretation. Or at the very least, a good friend of his father's. Yeah, I took that. But there was more. a there were point is that it wasn't just like a guy he he served with in the army. Oh. There was a specific family connection. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
But basically, he says he picked up the glass and it burnt his hand. That's why he has a bandage, and that's why he dropped it. Yes. So, Annie, she takes this as a win. Yeah. So, immediately begins celebrating. (laughs) Yeah, in a a really, like, distasteful celebration (laughs) dance, to which Todd just looks horrified. (laughs) Yes. Again, the study group uh, absolutely destroys Todd every time they encounter him. Yeah. Um... But then Jeff says, uh, could we have a sidebar? So mm-hmm. it's him, him, Annie, and Kane going to Kane's office. So then Jeff says... I want a mistrial. Give yeah. us both C's. We'll take the C. We'll yeah. go. Yeah. Annie is furious, of she course. She says, let's have a sidebar to sidebar. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, Jeff says... Which they're still in the same room, just turned around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jeff says, you know, why, why would he... Burnt his hand. Why, why, would he, why would he half confess? It doesn't make any sense. Todd mm-hmm. didn't do it. Uh, when we started, you were after the truth, and I convinced you to not go after the truth, to just go after justice, and I feel bad, so we're going after the truth now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that sort of decision morally? What do you mean? I'll tell you, I, the, the idea of, you know, Jeff, Jeff was the one who sent her on this path, and then Jeff being the one to say, to say, to, to basically say you can't, to stop her from doing that. Uh, I, I know, and I, 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 there are a lot of people in this world, and I encounter these people when Breaking Bad was, Bad was huge, who would feel that that's a morally wrong thing to do, because uh, I, I know a lot of people who, who, uh, who, were, who were mad at, uh, at Jesse for, for turning on Walt, even though Walt was clearly a bad guy, because uh, Jesse was the one who started him on that path as a, as a, as a meth cooker himself in season one. Mm. People say that once you start someone on the path, it's it's like a it's like a don't be a snitch thing to not turn them to the light side, mm. which I think is absurd. And of course, if your if your old chemistry teacher is killing people and selling meth, turn them in. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Uh, yeah. I think Jeff did the right thing here. I think, given my complete mis like as you were explaining it, I was like, wow, that I never would have thought like that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely with you yeah. on this. That, but there are a lot of people who feel otherwise, huh? And I, I, I think I, so. I think there are probably were some people who watch this episode. I mean, I have some, I have some different opinions about the whole uh, Jesse Walt situation. Well, I mean, there's that, that but that's that's a that's, uh, that's a really complex, steep yeah, yeah. relationship where yeah. this is just pretty simple. Uh, 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 I think w- what happened here was that uh, Annie, Annie wanted to do a thing. Jeff saw the easiest way to finish the thing. Yeah. And then when it came down to it, Jeff was like, "Wait a second. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. We're, we're ruining a guy's life, maybe. Yeah." Probably. Uh, but then, just before uh, Kane is about to announce the C's, it hits Jeff what actually happened. Yeah. And he says, wait a minute, I gotta I gotta do a legal whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he gives his winger speech. As I tell you in the commentary, it was very hard for Jeff to nail the timing of picking up the yams and dropping them at the right moments in his speeching. His mm-hmm. speeching. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I, I feel like uh, a lot of people don't give timing like that enough credit. It is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. I will always highlight uh, if you can seek out the uh, the version of Sweeney Todd that PBS filmed when it was on stage with Angela Lansbury. It is just sickening how right? good Angela Lambert Lansbury's timing yeah. is on that thing when she's especially if you watch like Worst Pies in London where she's like banging the thing with a rolling pin and singing. It's 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 a fucking powerhouse performance, <laughs> and and I think because I I was odd with that in, in my early days, I now always respect tricky timing. Uh, and TV and 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 Joel McHale really does a wonderful job with it here with the yams. Um, so he's giving a speech and he's he's saying you know something's up. He takes out the yams, drops them, and guess what? They smush on contact. No stomping. Yeah. Because he has realized somebody 
was pouring boiling water into our yams, and we never noticed it because they cooled down. It's the icicle stabbing of yam murder. Yeah, when he says that, the yam that he drops there doesn't. But I like. Can, I, can we talk about that line for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it because it's it it it's it's one of those things where it's not talking down to the audience, and that it uh, a lesser show might try to explain the whole icicle stabbing thing. Yeah. But th- this is a show that trusts its audience to know of the, you know, the popular, uh, I don't know what you call it, urban legend, I guess, of, you know, stabbing someone with an icicle and then it melts so there's no evidence. Yeah. Or if you're an episode of Bones, shooting someone with an ice bullet. <laughs> what a dumb show. <laughs> Not else? a joke. How Real is... episode. I don't want to get into that. Uh, but then he drops <laughs> the yam and it does not break. It reveals that there was no boiling water in that one. And he sees mm-hmm. that it's Vicky. Vicky is scared because she did not do this, yeah. so she panics for just a second. But then Fabulous Neil swoops in to say, "It was me. I did it. I saw that Vicky's yam wasn't blooming, and I wanted to fix the curve so she she wouldn't get a bad grade, so that she wouldn't have to take summer school, so that we can have sex in my parents' cabin over the summer." Yeah. God help me, I did it for love. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a nice moment. Kind of a bummer that things don't work out for Neil, because he does have to go to summer school. Yeah. So. He's not having sex with Vicky, and his and he, he, his keymaster status was revoked. Yeah. So that's do you feel bad for Fabulous? I mean, he did the crime, but do you feel bad for him at the end of this? How he does did this... It for, he did it for love? <laughs> I was gonna say, how does this settle for you with your love of Neil? I, I love Neil, and I, I I listen. You know, I understand his struggle. <laughs> I I I, uh, I I do. I feel for Neil. I feel for real Neil here, and. Uh, I, mean, I can't argue with the punishment, do you think, but I, d- d- I, I do wish him the best. Canonically, he and Vicky end up together, or do they date a little? I don't or do know. Do you think they're even together in that moment? Is that his hope? That I think they're together, because he like kind of hugs her, and she doesn't... If they weren't together, and he, he said, he I said wanted that. to have sex with her in my mom's cabin, and then like hugged her. Yeah. Like, put yourself in the mind of a woman. Would, would, you, would you just let a guy hug you after That's saying true. that? That's if true. you weren't with him? That's true. Uh, yeah, I guess they're together there. Do you yeah. think they're still together... I hope so. Now-ish? I want those kids to... <laughs> I want those crazy kids to, to make a happy life for themselves. Uh, how do you think uh, uh, Neil would feel being a, a brother-in-law with Garrett? What? <laughs> I always think that Garrett yeah, and Vicky are related not. somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. We're, we're in the dean's office. We're having a celebratory glass. Yes, of brown liquor. Of brown liquor. They get a Phone rings. Kane picks it up as a power move, basically. I think the dean likes it too. Yeah, because yeah. the dean starts. The dean is a little, a little like, oh, I don't know at first, but then instantly kind of goes into, oh yeah, he's got. I like the initiative. Yeah. Kane uh, exchanges a few words, hangs up, and then says, "Starburns died in a meth." Uh, uh, so someone someone rear-ended his car, rear-ended. and the meth lab in the back exploded, and he's dead. Yeah. Fade to black. Oof. You know, it won't be it, it won't be until a, a season, Boomf. yeah, season five episode where yeah. where there's a, a surprise death in an episode that really gets you, like this one. Uh, we have the the tag. Yep, Troy and Abed are in bunk beds. <laughs> uh, um, Which as is it, they talk about why they never have bunk bed conversations. Yes. And then we kind of pan out and we see that they're Well, it's they're, they're, they originally were in there because of the fumigation situation that yeah. we learned about a few episodes back in Pillows and Blanket. Yeah. But even though that's been resolved for a week, they're still sleeping there. Shirley says why, and then we find out why. <laughs> uh, Dean walks in with some more milk for both of them to help them to sleep. Yeah. And then he sings them a nice song. Yeah. 
Uh, one line that I really enjoyed was catching the train to Sleepy Town. Yeah. And at what? the end he says, Sweet Deans. Why do you think the Dean made the choice to do with his voice what he's doing when he sings this song too? Because this is not the, nor- the normal voice that the Dean has. No, no, it's goes, not. Throwing a bed onto dreamland. It's, it's, is, it's do you think he's like imitating that. a specific song that we don't know? I don't. I think he's just, he's, for some reason, he decided that this song needs to be sung a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. And that's just him doing a little bit deeper version of his voice. Because there's also a line in his song where he says, uh, uh, when you wake up, I'll be watching you sleep or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and apparently, according to uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jim Rash improvised different versions of the song yes. on the set. But, and they, yeah, they weren't, it wasn't in the script, too, because yeah. Dan Harmon says he was just walking by editing, heard snippets of that song and said, what, what is that? <laughs> and of course knew that it had to be in there. Uh, it was good stuff. Yeah. Plugs? Yeah. Plugs. I plugs. Oh, I'm yawning. Oh no, I'm sorry. Plugs. I'm sorry. I'm yawning. Plugs. Plugs. I'm. I do plugs. another podcast called Nerds plugs. I View. Plugs. Nevpodcast.com is the website. Plugs. Every week, plugs. I review a new film that's plugs. in theaters with the help of with plugs. the help of my friends. Plugs. We I just get by with a little help from my friends. We just from did a review of from Pan. My friends. It was so bad. Don't go see plugs. Pan for the love of God. Plugs. But uh, probably plugs. go see Steve Jobs. It come, we're going to review it in our next one. Plugs. And I'm p- pretty sure it's going to be a goodie. Plugs. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, he hasn't stirred, stirred me wrong yet. Plugs. I do plugs. another podcast plugs. that is written. Plugs. It's called Pick Your Path. Plugs. I do it with Matt Benson and David plugs. King. We write a choose-your-own-adventure-styled story. It's an enhanced Plugs. podcast. That means it's like an audiobook. Plugs. It's got chapters because Plugs. as you listen to the story, you, the listener, Plugs. get to make choices on how the story Plugs. turns out. And this, these, these are six wholly Plugs. original choose-your-adventure-style stories. Uh, that's season one. Plugs. Season one and done. Nope. Plugs. Season two next year. Benvinar.com slash PYP. Plugs. Plugs. episodes in between the seasons. Plugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plugs. Don't. Don't spoil it. Plugs. <laughs> no spoilers. I said that already on the podcast. Hashtag plugs. no spoilers. Plugs. Also, plugs. go to patreon.com slash shutupplanard because you want to give us some money and we'll give you plugs. bonus episodes. Plugs. Uh, we swear there's another one coming. Plugs. So go check all that plugs. out. Plugs. Did I do everything? Plugs. Good. Oh, at Podcaster Andrew. At Podcaster Andrew is my Twitter. Plugs. And, uh... Plugs. Yeah, I don't know, man. Go to BenvyNetwork.com. Check out Plugs. all the great shows on there. I'm talking about Plugs. shows like Benson's Boombox. Plugs. Shut Up Leonard, which is this show. Plugs. Matt and Brendo's Wrestling Show. Plugs. Popsicles. Benview on Spielberg. Plugs. And, of course, Pick Your Path. I'm Plugs. involved with all of those. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's Plugs. Dr. Matt Benson. You can also check out this show on Twitter at Shut Up Pod. Uh, you can write us an email Plugs. at Shut up Leonard podcast at gmail.com. We're taking all queries there. Is it true that sometimes we forget to check that email? Of course it is, but we'll get to it eventually. Uh, It would be helpful if you, if we did stuff on iTunes that we like, like uh, write us a review. This voice is hard to maintain. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Those all help us out on iTunes, and I'll be your best friend. Google Pylon. Hello out there in Benview Podcast Land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is.
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.